keep up to date with all things Reading FC. Follow the Tilehurst End on Facebook and Twitter. This podcast is proudly sponsored by ZCZ Films. Remember, if you want to get involved in sponsoring the show, drop us an email to thetilehurstend at gmail.com. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Tireless Den podcast. Obviously no main shows from us at the moment because of the World Cup break, um, but we thought we'd bring you something slightly different um, during the interlude. Um, We are, of course, currently in the month um, of November, um, and that means we are also midway through Movember as well, um, which sort of seeks to raise awareness around a range of issues um, of sort of men's health, um, such as uh, prostate cancer, um, testicular cancer, um, and also men's suicide um, as well. Um, and that's the thing we're going to be focusing on today and discussing all things mental health um, in football. I am your host, Ollie Allen, um, and I have two great guests alongside me. Firstly, the Tyler Stern writer, Ben Thomas. Ben, how are you? I love the fact you introduced me before Tom. I think that's hilarious. So um, yeah, thanks for that. I'm I'm very well, thank you, Ollie. Very well. No, but yeah, I, I was building Tom up. I was I was going to do the the, the big reveal. Um, but yes, yeah, Ben says we've also <laughs> delighted to be joined um, by Reading centre back and boyhood fan Tom McIntyre. Tom, thanks for coming on. Obviously, as I say, we're we're in the middle of this sort of slightly unusual mid season break at the moment. But how have you been finding it so far? Yeah, it's been. It probably came at a good time for us. I think um, get a few injuries back and sort of rest up and have a good break. And I think yeah, in years gone by, we've never had this, so it's been been quite a nice change. I think. Yeah, of course. I think it's it's sort of this feeling of sort of not having any Reading matches on. That sort of that's where I sort of wanted to start with this, really, because I think certainly Ben, from a supporter's perspective, obviously there are World Cup games going on. We were talking about it off air a minute ago, but sort of you know four games are there at the moment. But you know, definitely, I think for some people, sort of you know, nothing is quite the same as you know going to the Madstad, going to games with family, groups of friends, and sort of. I think it was it was obviously quite a big issue during you know the the COVID lockdowns and even when football returned even you know without fans that sort of people missed that you know social interaction social interaction sorry and sort of you know just just that just that escape of sort of going to the football you know sort of how important sort of for your mental health Ben is sort of you know going to football and and, and going to Reading matches depends how well they play mate to be honest <laughs> depends how well some of the team play I mean. Neither put you on up on or on a down, really. Um, no, I think I think historically for me, like it's, you know, I've, I've been watching running for a long time, and um, you know, as as I've got older, it's it's kind of it's not been a release because that makes it sound like my last terrible one. It's, it's really not, but you know, going to the football is, is part of routine and and kind of something that you you can just kind of switch off to really and and, and enjoy. Um, and I think you know, from from my own personal point of view, kind of. Going back sort of six years ago, I I had like a just a, a breakdown, full on breakdown, um, and that was kind of during the the kind of the Yap Stam team, and that obviously that wasn't a contributing factor to how I was feeling before anyone says that was the case. But you know, it, at that point, it was Redden was was a massive part of my life, and and still is, and and it, it helped me to get over certain things I was facing in life, really. And it, it's been a constant, and I think. You know, there's a lot of fans out there that, that view Red and Football Club as, as a constant and a kind of something that's always going to be there where, where maybe other things aren't in their life. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's huge. And, you know, the social element of it, you know, I've started taking my son now. My daughter comes very begrudgingly occasionally and, and they love it too. So it's it's something for me that, 
that's a big part of my life and obviously a big part of other people's lives as well um and football has that ability to kind of to to transport you out of where you are and you can switch off and, and enjoy what's going on or hopefully enjoy what's going on the pitch anyway but you know it's it's a it's a huge part for for a lot of people and you know certainly historically it's it's been huge for me to to be able to switch off to certain things and, and just concentrate on, on running football club yeah, I, th- I think that's the key thing, isn't it, really, that you know that no matter what's happened sort of during the working week, no matter sort of what struggles or anything you've had d- during that week, you know, come Saturday, you've, you've got a Reading game to look forward to, whether that's actually being at the ground, being at the Manstad or, or or doing an away game or listening on the radio or whether it's on TV or whatever, you've, you've got that sort of switch off j- just for 90 minutes, really, just to, I think that's that's massive for me, I think, you know, you know, no matter what's happened, sort of during the week, you can forget about things. You know, even if it's just for those ninety minutes. And yeah, I suppose the result, you know, sometimes makes a difference, but sometimes it doesn't really matter what the result is. It's just the fact you're 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 watching your favourite players week in, week out. And uh, you know, Tom, sort of looking at you know football, sort of internally, I suppose, sort of how much is 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 mental health sort of talked about, whether that's sort of in the dressing room or sort of externally. I'd probably say that it's not spoken about enough um, in the football environment, I think. Um, It's obviously very big in the media at the minute. So I think there's a lot more being spoke about in the media rather than actually internally. And I think that's just part and parcel of the environment that we're in that it's, it's such a high pressure environment where everyone's got their own worries and everyone's worrying about not only the team's performances, but their own performances. And I think, it sometimes forgets a little bit forgotten about, um, which I don't think, I think that's incorrect. I think it should be spoken about a lot more, but I think that the environment we're in, it's a very sort of, I'll say macho environment. Um, and probably, I don't know about other clubs, um, but it's, it's, it's probably partly to do with, you don't want to show weakness, I think, as, um, as, a, as a player in the team. And I think that that's, it's, it's wrong, basically, because if one of my teammates came to me and said they're struggling with something, uh, I'd it would mean a lot to me that they've come to me and opened up and I'd sort of have a lot of respect for them for that. Um, because I think in life that if you've got a problem, you've got to sort of speak to someone and a, a problem shared is a problem halved, isn't it? And of course, everyone's um, coping mechanisms are different, but I don't know, there might be some people at football that don't have many close family around them and maybe their teammates are, are the closest people they have. So, yeah, I think it probably should. It is one of them things that I know everyone's individual, but it probably should be spoken about more in football, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you touched upon there, kind of it is kind of spoken about widely in, in the football community and and kind of generically discussed in terms of, you know, we, we have this month where we, we focus on men's mental health and, um, you know, slightly linked, but you know, you get the prostate cancer badges and, and things like that, which which links into kind of mental health, really. I mean, what not just as men, but as football players, what what do you think the barriers are to, you know, to males talking about how they feel from a from a mental perspective, maybe an emotional perspective? What you know, what do you think kind of stops people from, you know, coming to you or coming to people at the club or just talking generally in a wider space about how they feel, really? It probably is just the fact that people don't want to show weakness, I think. As males, I think, I don't know, through through life you're taught to, well, maybe quite a few years ago you were taught to sort of just get on with it and um, sort of man up. People would used to say that, but you're not allowed to say that now. And 
and that's right because yeah we're all humans at the end of the day and and stuff's going to affect us and i think it's it's important that you you get it out before it, it gets too much for you but i think yeah as 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 men i think in general we uh we don't want to show that bit of weakness because people might think differently of us um when really i think it shows quite a lot of courage and sort of you should be proud that you're you're able to talk about that because it is it is a hard conversation to have i get that but yeah if if you need help you've got to be honest and um and yeah make sure you talk do you, do, you, do you sort of think those attitudes in football are changing slowly? I mean, we're starting to see, you know, sort of high-profile players, you know, sort of come out in the media and sort of share their stories of, of mental yeah. health and, and stuff like that. Obviously, you know, you're still, you know, pretty early on in, in, in your career, but you've sort of been in and around that that first-team environment for sort of four or five years now. Have you sort of noticed that sort of any any shift in the attitudes, you know, you know towards mental health? Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, and although I say we don't, it's not spoken about enough, um that's not to say it's not spoken about it's spoken about a lot more now than it was when I first was in and around the first team I think and um and I think that's a that's a positive sign that these media campaigns and and how life is at the minute I think people are a lot more a lot more aware of of the fact that they uh, of, of the fact that there is mental health about and it is so common in, in everyone and it doesn't matter which walk of your which, which walk of life you're in um there's always going to be stuff that's going to put pressure on you or get you down and um i think maybe lockdown as well like you mentioned i think that was massive in getting people to be more aware of of mental health so yeah i've of course in the last few years that i have been in the first team um i have seen a shift in in the amount of people talk about it yeah and obviously something else that's sort of grown in prominence, I suppose, in the last few years is, you know, sort of social media. Obviously, you know, it, it, it was big when you when you broke into the first team, but it's it's just sort of grown in. Well, I mean, I suppose if Twitter stays stays alive, then, then it'll keep going. But um, you know, obviously, how, how much of an impact sort of does that have on sort of players as well? Because I think, I think personally, from my point of view, I think some people, you know, fans supposedly on, on Twitter can sort of, you know, sort of write anything on social media and sort of believe that it doesn't really have an impact on players if, if if players see it and you know because players earn X amount of money they they, they drive a nice car and they, they live in a nice house it's it's not gonna affect them. But uh, I think yeah. you, know, you 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 see players recent years are, are coming off social media just because you know at times yeah. it, it, it can be such a toxic environment. Definitely yeah. Um and I think as a as a youngster growing up through the like academy or through the age groups, you're not really you're never taught how to deal with that. Um, which I think is important because uh, until you get to a first team, you never have anyone saying anything negative about you, really, apart from coaches or maybe your mum and dad, maybe a bit of constructive criticism. But yeah, to see something, I remember when I was first in the first team and I might have had a few like bad games at the time and you'd see, you'd see stuff on social media and it would, it would, I'll be honest, it would knock your, it knocked my confidence at the time. Um, and I'm being quite open about that because I think a lot of people, like you said, see footballers that they're these people who like nothing affects them, and uh, and it's just like water off a duck's back. But yeah, when you're when you're younger and you've not experienced that before, it is hard to deal with. Um, and yeah, I think there is a lot more players nowadays that that stay off social media and people deal with their social medias. Um, me personally, um, obviously, I'm a Reading fan myself, so when I first got in the first team, I followed a lot of different fan pages and. I saw everything that was was tweeted about everyone. Um, 
but sort of over the years i've i've learned that it's best not to even even see it so a lot of a lot of accounts are muted for me um because yeah it's great seeing good stuff but that's not going to affect you and then it's not so good seeing bad stuff but again that's not going to affect you what what matters really for players is the people how the people around you feel and what the manager thinks really um and and you've got to remember that but at the end of the day i understand fans like you said for fans football's that football's their life for some of them um so of course when you come and watch a game and we don't play well as a team or i make a mistake people are going to say stuff which i fully understand um but yeah it's it, it it's never easy to see stuff about you and you could see 10 good tweets but all it takes is one bad one and and yeah you do think oh like has he got a point um but yeah it's sort of your your negatives the negative side of your brain's sort of a lot more prominent um than the positive one but yeah all that matters really is about your family's opinions and your and your teammates and staff really yeah i think that's the same for everyone really everyone sort of seeks that sort of they want that validation you know, from from yeah. people, I suppose, yeah, that's I think it's good advice for most players really to to, to value those sort of the opinions of, of those around you rather than those on on social media who you've never met or you never know really. I suppose. Of course, I'll have a I'll have the odd flip through your ratings though, so I do have a look at them. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's an interesting point you made though about you know kind of working on things that you can control and 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 listen to the people closest to you because you know particularly last season. You know, we we all shared, you know, from the tires and we all shared opinions and, you know, particularly from, from some of the things I said about the club, not about the players, but, you know, all got absolutely slated and you're right. And actually, like, it does take those, that one comment or that one that just goes completely over the top. You think, oh, actually, do you know what? Have, have they got a point? Probably from, yeah. from what people are saying about me, they're probably right, actually, to be fair. But you learn over time that actually, you know, what, what people are saying behind a phone or a keyboard or whatever isn't isn't really the bill and end up with what what people around you are saying and, and how you're you know how you're thinking and how you're behaving really um yeah i mean i mean talking about those things that you can control you've had you know fairly unlucky period of, of quite serious injuries how did you during the time that you were out of the team and you're watching you know your mates and and the other players play for example how did you manage your own mental health how did you control how you were feeling on certain days when, when maybe rehab wasn't working or you were having a few setbacks or what kind of, what stuff did you do to to kind of get you out of those slumps? Yeah, I, I really struggled. Um, at one point it was when I fractured my back, um, I couldn't, I couldn't do any exercise at all at the time because your back obviously controls the whole of your body, obviously. And uh, yeah, I, I couldn't do sort of fitness stuff in the gym um, couldn't do leg stuff in the gym, couldn't do strength stuff. So I, I wasn't able to do any exercise. And I felt like any other injury I've had where, say, bit bit my ankle or my knee, um, you can do that bit of exercise, which I think was massive for me. Because um, when I don't do exercise in the day, I sort of don't know, get a bit down and, and feel a bit lethargic. And I think that in itself brings you down. So, yeah, when I... When I fractured my back and I couldn't do any of that, I, I really did struggle. Um, but I'd say for me, the biggest thing for me is talking to my family. I have a really like good, good. I have really good support from my family and my friends, which was was important. Um, but the biggest thing I think was exercise, really, um, because yeah, it, it it 
it releases endorphins in your body and, and makes you feel good. Um, and I do really notice a change if I don't, if I have a day lazing on the sofa or have the curtain shut in my room, um, it really does make me sort of not feel great about myself really. So, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I, think that's, I think that's the same for, for, well, I think certainly for me, I think definitely for most people, just even if it's just getting out for a run for 15, 20 minutes, you know, it's just yeah. getting off the sofa and you're, you're not sitting around, you know, all day. I mean, I, I suppose that's why I wanted to take it next really to, to, to both of you really. I mean, Ben, I'll come to you first in terms of managing your mental health and sort of what are your, you know, sort of, I, I say sort of coping mechanisms and sort of the people you would sort of go and talk to if you did have problems or, or um, concerns. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think from my point of view, when I was, I was, I felt really awful. Um, you know, I said those those kind of years ago. I was quite lucky because I recognised I had a problem pretty quick. And and I think always the, the, the most difficult thing is is people recognising they've got a problem. And, and once you know you've got a problem, whatever that is in life, whether that's to do with work, whether that's to do with financials, whether it's with family, whatever it is, um, you know, once you've admitted there's a problem, you can deal with it and you can move on. You can go, right, this, these are plans and this is the steps I'm going to take to, to make myself feel better. And for me, it was probably, it's probably about three months before I started to feel like I kind of wanted to feel really. And, and you know, since then, I, you know, I felt great. I've, I've probably felt the best I've ever felt really. And, and you look at, at setbacks that happen and you you kind of juggle those for what they are and, and not kind of make them turn into the the biggest thing in the world and and that becomes kind of how you're how you're feeling really um I think exercise is a big one I think obviously this won't apply to Tom because he's a clean athlete but you know I was never a big drinker anyway um but kind of laying off that I think is, is probably quite a, quite a good thing to do or was for me anyway um and just doing things that that I enjoy doing and not not feeling like you know I have to I have to live up to a certain agenda or whatever. You know, obviously there's certain things that you're going to do sometimes, but I'm I'm lucky. I enjoy my job. I love what I do. Uh, like Tom said, you know, I have, I have a good family around me. I've got some 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 really close friends that I can talk to. But ultimately, I I know I know if I'm getting to a certain point or I feel like I'm I'm kind of slipping a little bit. I know exactly what to do and and kind of take those steps. Whereas I think before I was probably reaching burnout and just going through the burnout rather than just stopping and saying, look, I need to take a break and, you know, go for a run or and watch a film or, um, you know, go, go watch Red and Play or whatever. So it's it it's really important that if people feel that way, it's, it's kind of working out on those on those dark days and those bad days when they're not feeling great, what what things do they enjoy doing and focus on those. And it doesn't have to be, you know, major things. It doesn't have to be going out and buying loads of stuff. It's just those small things that you know are gonna are going to make you feel a lot more positive about stuff really. Yeah, I, I think that's the important thing to say, really, is that it's not going to be the same things for everybody, really. Like, and and everybody has their own ways of doing things. Like, if I'm feeling a bit down, I'll literally chuck on a an, like a TV episode that I that I've seen a million times before. But it's that sort of that comfort episode that you can just sit down and and sort of watch for you know twenty minutes, half an hour, whatever. And I think that's important that you know everybody has their own sort of relationship with mental health. Everybody has their own journey. Some people, yeah, they they might be be fortunate enough that they can recognise those things straight away, and they they might be feeling themselves again within you know half an hour, an hour. For, you know, for others, it's a bit more difficult, and there's absolutely no shame in that. And that some people take 
a little bit longer, you know, with those sorts of things. And it's, yeah, there's, I think, as you say, Ben, it's the first thing is, is recognizing it and that there is, there is no shame in recognizing it, you know, that the, it's a cliche, I suppose, but it really is okay to, to, to not be okay. And, you know, everybody has their own relationship with mental health and their own different ways and everybody, you know, works on different timescales and stuff like that. And, you know, Tom, you know, we've spoken about different ways you, you mentioned about sort of, you know, you've got, you know, a very close sort of support network with your family and stuff like that and and, and exercise and sort of who, who would you sort of go to and sort of talk to if you did have those problems or concerns? Yeah, so it would be my mum my and dad or my girlfriend, I think. Um, they're my close, my sister. So they're probably the closest people to me. Um, but I feel very comfortable talking to them about whatever it is. Um but obviously, I understand that's not that's not the same for everyone. But that's where I'm lucky and, and fortunate. And I think another thing I've done in the past um, was if you just if you write down a few things that you that you appreciate in your life, and they can be tiny things. Um, I think that really helps you um, just sort of be present in that moment and and understand that. Not everything's bad. Um, I woke up this morning. Um, I can see you with my, my two eyes. I can walk, you know, so it can be little things and as simple as or, or as silly as they may sound, it, it's true. Um, uh, the, the other thing would be um, a cold shower. Um, I do that most mornings um, and I tend to feel that, that that makes me feel really better in the day, like a lot better in the day. Um is that a footballer thing? I've I've had a lot of footballers like cold showers. Well, not do you know what I've I've seen a bit about Wim Hof and all that, but I'm not <laughs> sort of he's a bit crazy, but I'm not I'm not to that extent. But it's just a little something that um yeah, if I'm feeling down, um because in a weird way, because you have that that pain of getting in the shower and it's it's freezing, once you get out, um life just feels easier. You weren't in that freezing cold shower a minute ago so yeah it's, it's little things but that might not work for everyone um and like you said everyone's different and everyone copes in different ways i suppose yeah i think that's that's the key message here is that you know it is okay to not be okay and sort of anything that that you're feeling sort of lots of other people will, will no doubt have sort of had similar feelings in the past and you know we'll we'll know how to you know recognize it and deal with it and sort of you know the the best thing is always to sort of share those issues or concerns you know whether that is with family members or friends or you know if you're not comfortable with doing that you know there are some fantastic sort of organizations out there you know places like um, mind and, and samaritans you know we'll, we'll we'll drop a link to 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 a few in the description of this podcast but you know just getting that weight sort of off your shoulder you know just just having someone who's there for you know an, an, an ear to listen to almost and yeah, lots of different things that, you know, are, are going to be unique to some people. You know, we are, you know, three three men talking about mental health, but, you know, none of us uh, are counsellors. You know, Ben's a teacher, I work in marketing, and Tom's a footballer. So, you know, we're, we're, we're certainly not counsellors, but, you know, everybody has all their different ways and sort of different unique ways. And, you know, that there will be something out there, hopefully, for somebody that, that can help them stop feeling sort of, you know, as uh, as low as they do for, for five, 10 minutes. And as Tom said, sometimes it's just appreciating the small things that you're waking up in the morning, you know, making your bed is actually massive for me. L- literally just, just making, making that bed tidy. And, you know, you've, you tick that one thing off for the day, you know, you've, you, you've accomplished something, you know, no matter how small it is, you know, literally just walking around the block, you know, you, you've done something just to sort of get your brain going and stuff like that. But 
yeah, and that that just about rounds up, chaps. What's what's been a really really fantastic discussion. Really, hopefully you've enjoyed listening to it at home. Tom, thank you very much for for coming on, sort of talking so openly about your mental health. No worries, no worries. Thank you, guys. And and Ben too, as you know, as I say, it's, it's certainly been you know just sort of great to chat, really, and just you know almost share share ideas. I, I don't know whether I'll be trying out a cold shower tomorrow morning, but you know, it's it's no, honestly, it's, I'm telling you, give it give it a bash, mate. Honestly. I will feed back and, and let you know how it goes. But yeah, but Ben, it's, it's just been great. Just, just sort of, you know, just, just really valuable. Just sort of, as we've said, just, you know, just sometimes just to sit down and chat for five minutes. Yeah, I, I think the, the final thing I'd say is, you know, you're not people that feel the way and they're not going to be the first to go through it. They're not going to be the last to go through it. And, and there's always an option to, to to make yourself feel better. And, you know, whether it's a cold shower, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, there's always something that you can do to, to help yourself. So yeah, thanks, thanks for having me on as, as usual. I appreciate. It. Fantastic. Yeah, if anyone does try a cold shower, I, I think I will try one purely because Tom McIntyre has recommended it. If anyone does try a cold shower, let us know on Twitter how it goes. But um, yeah, we hope you have enjoyed today's show, um, and we'll see you very soon. Come on, you ours. Be loud and be proud and back the boys and make some noise. Come on, you ours. Shout out to this week's podcast sponsor, ZCZ Films, showing that age is no barrier to being a hooli hoop.